This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, God is good. Amen. How many people are excited about Christmas? Uh, Half of you are. Amen. Glory to God. It's the most wonderful time of the year, isn't it? And um, it's uh, I love Christmas because uh, when, when I was young, of course, I, you know, my parents brought me up uh, believing in Santa Claus. So I I was always expectant. Glory to God. And but you know what? God, I'm going to say this, that that God is a miracle worker. Amen. And whatever you're believing God for, you know, what you need to do is you need to put an expectation behind what you're believing God for. And you have to believe that God can do something. Amen. That God, God works with our expectations. Amen. And I really believe that's the ingredient to miracles. And every time I expected to get a, a, a certain toy for Christmas, it always came through. Amen. So God will actually bless you with whatever you're believing him for your children, for uh, healing, for finances. He's the miracle worker. You believe that today? Amen. So uh, I'm going to finish up my series on building a strong spirit. We, we, we took a side journey last Sunday. We, I ministered on healing. And so we want to focus on building a strong spirit. And why do we want to do that? Because uh, like I say, you know, uh, we're not exempt from storms of life. We're not exempt from, from bad things happening. Uh, bad, you know, the Bible talks about the evil day, and, but it also talks about good days. And so, but there's always the evil day. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's all, it, it just seems like, you know, we're, we're, don't get used to, you know, I, I believe there's evil days because God doesn't want us to get used to living down here. Amen. In other words, we should have a desire to get to heaven. Amen. Because there's not going to be any evil days in heaven. Hallelujah. They're all going to be good days. Uh, It's all going to be beautiful days. Amen. No overcast days, no shadow days in heaven. Amen. And so I'm talking to you about building your spirit man up uh, like you can build up your body or like you can build your mind up with knowledge. You can actually build your spirit man up and it, it will sustain you in times of trouble. And so with a strong spirit, uh, it, it has sustaining ability. Amen. And um, because, you know, uh, we, we, we want to be able to stand under any kind of thing that the enemy tries to throw at us. Amen. And so First uh, Thessalonians 5.23, I love this. It says, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So. I love this because uh, Paul is saying that we're not just a body and we're not we just doesn't we, we don't just have a soul, but we have a spirit. Amen. Somebody say this. I am a speaking spirit. You are a spirit. You live in a body. Your body's not who you are. I'm going to say again, your body is not who you are. You are a spirit. Amen. And the good thing is, if you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have a new spirit and a new heart. You know, the Bible talks about and you probably heard this before that uh, in, in the Old Testament, it says, who can know the heart? It is deceitful above all things. Have you ever heard that scripture? And sometimes you have people, even ministers will preach. Well, you don't know your heart. Well, Let me just say this. That's Old Testament. 
And and in the Old Testament, they don't they didn't have this the covenant that we have today and the covenant we have today. We have a new heart. So your heart is not deceitfully wicked. (laughs) But pastor, how come I feel like sinning sometimes? (laughs) How come I feel like doing some bad things? How come sometimes I feel like cursing some people out because you got flesh? <laughs> pinch, your, pinch your neighbor. <laughs> Let them know that they got flesh. Amen. My son, he um, he's, you know, he's special needs uh, Christian, but he, he, he likes to pinch. And I'm telling you, he'll just just pinch. And we're like, ow! I hear my wife saying, ow, Christian, that hurts. And he's a pincher. <laughs> any, any pinchers out here? <laughs> Only on St. Patrick's Day, right? If you're not wearing green. So, so, but he's a pincher. He'll pinch you, man. And, uh, and so, but, but, but what I'm saying is that we got to get a revelation that we're not just, you know, a body and we we're, and listen, we, we don't need to be run by our feelings. You know, we have emotions and I like good feelings. I, I like happy feelings, but these negative feelings, these depressed moods, these, you know, uh, blue Mondays, they're not from God. You don't have to have a blue Monday. Amen. You don't have to have sad days. Amen. No, no, no. The Bible says that when we get up, we should rejoice. That we should rejoice in a white because our name's written in the land's book of life. So, so we are new creations in Christ. I like what it says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I love that because, you know, God wants our life and every day he wants our, he wants to have a, us to have a new experience with God. In other words, God wants to reveal a little bit of himself to us every day. And that's why I want to encourage you to spend time in God's words, spend time in his presence, spend time in worship. I mentioned to you that I've been, you know, the, 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 the most fun time I have with the Lord is playing my worship music in the morning and worshiping the Lord. And God touches me. I mean, I like reading the Bible and. You know, if you just have all word, you'll dry up. Amen. And if you just have just the spirit, you blow up. But if you have the word and the spirit, you grow up. You got to have both. If you're just just studying the word and you don't have the, 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 the presence of God, you can just be a critical Christian. We don't want to be a critical Christian. We want to we got to have the love of God working with us. Amen. We don't want to be critical or looking at everybody's fault. Amen. We want to be raising, you know, trying to raise people up. Amen. So I like this Um, in Ephesians 1, 3 and 6. This is really good because if you want to know who you are in Christ, get a revelation of that. You need to read the book of Ephesians. But I love this. It says, blessed be the God and the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Do you know you're blessed? Do you know you're blessed with every heavenly blessing in Christ? That means all of heaven's resources backs us up. Can I say that again? All of heaven's resources backs us up. You're not in this by yourself. 
even though you might be dealing with some issues and you may feel like you're by yourself, you might feel like you're alone. No, no, you're not by yourself. You have you have all of heaven that's blessing you that 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 you can partake of. And and he says here that God, in other words, it's not that God's going to bless us. He has already blessed us. We have all blessings in heavenly places. Amen. Just as he um, chose us in him before the foundational world, that we should be holy without blame before him in love. I love that. The word holy actually means that we're set apart for God. Amen. When you receive Jesus, you are set apart. You become holy unto God. Amen. And that we're without blame. What does that mean? That means that the blood of Jesus has washed and cleansed us from all unrighteousness. And we stand without blame before the Father God. Amen. I love that. I love that what Jesus did because Jesus is so awesome. Uh, he, he took this, the payment of our sin and he paid for it so that we could have his righteousness. Amen. And so I love that. Praise God. And um, uh, now I'm going to go into just giving you some keys on building your spirit, man. And I'm going to just back up because you probably don't. Anybody remember the first key? Well, I'm glad I'm going to go ahead and tell you the first key. Man, we forget, don't we? What is the first key in building up your spirit, man? Meditate on the word of God. Meditate on the word of God to meditate is to think on and ponder and to speak out loud the word of God. And uh, that's so important. In Joshua 1, 8, uh, Joshua was a leader uh, brought up under Moses. Moses was able to bring the children of Israel out of the Egyptian bondage in, into the wilderness on their way to the promised land. Of course, uh, uh, Moses wasn't able to go into the promised land, but, uh, but uh, he died. And then Joshua came into the picture and uh, God was speaking to Joshua on how to, you know, to be successful. And if you want to be successful in walking with God, you're going to have to learn to meditate on the word of God. You're going to have to put the word of God because, you know, um, uh, it may look like in your Christian walk, you're losing. It, the enemy may be doing things with your family and doing things against you in different ways. But, but if you're in God, you're winning. The victory is in your faith. And you can't allow the enemy to come against your hope. And your hope is an earnest expectation of good to come. Do you believe that today? And so it says in Joshua 1, 8, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, from your mouth. That's interesting. It says it that way. Because why? Because it's important that you have something coming out of your mouth. It's important that you have the promises of God's word coming out of your mouth. It's important. It's good just to read the Bible out loud. Get the word of God working. You know, when Jesus comes back, the Bible says his, what, what's going to come out of his mouth is a two-edged sword. And so the word of God is like a two-edged sword that will cut the enemy into pieces that's trying to come against us. So we need to meditate on the word by not letting it depart from our mouth, but we shall meditate on it day and night and we will observe to do according to all that's written in it. For then we'll make our way prosperous and then we'll have good success. I love that because I want to say this, that it takes work to get into the word of God. 
I mean, if we work eight hours. Some of us work eight hours a day. You know, we got we, we got to eat. We got to get up. We, we 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 do daily activities. And, you know, sometimes the enemy wants to get keep us so busy that we don't get into the word of God. Keep us so busy that we don't confess the word of God. Sometimes I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm busy and, and I, I work out. As you probably can tell. But anyway, we won't go there. And uh, I work out and sometimes I'm tired when I get to the gym. I don't feel like working out. And, I, and I'm pushing, you know, I'm pushing. Why? My body doesn't want Sometimes my body's saying, I, you're not going to do it today. But I would sit there before I, uh, I, I hit the weights and I would say, I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And I'll speak it out loud. And I'll say the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me and quickens and makes alive my mortal body by his spirit that dwells in me. And I would say that. And then I'd get under the weights and, oh, no, no. <laughs> Help me, Jesus. No. <laughs> but I'd get under the weights and, and, and I would have a good lift. And of course, I would ask God to help me. <laughs> it's, all, it's always going to do that. But confess the word of God. It will strengthen you. It, it, it will move you into another dimension, glory to God. And when you confess the promises of God's word, it, it, we, we can stand on those promises and, the, and the, there's an anointing on God's word and it will strengthen us. Amen. And so number two key, number one, we need to meditate on the word of God. Number two, we need to be a doer of God's word. Uh, in other words, we need to practice the word of God. We, we do, if you're going to build your spirit man up, you know, you can't just say, I believe and not be a doer of the word. It's like uh, when Brother Hagin was he was on his sick bed, he was 16 or 17 years of age and he had an incurable blood disease and a, and a heart problem. And uh, the doctor said he wouldn't make it past 17. And he was reading the, his Bible and uh, and he was believing that he was healed. He was calling forth his healing. And uh, and then the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, if you really believe you're, you're healed, you'd get up out of that bed. Right. And so so he was believing, but he wasn't put in action to his believing. And when he when the Holy Spirit said, if you you know, most people are up at 10 o'clock in the morning. Right. And so so he so when he struggled to get out of bed because he kept believing, 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 but he wasn't putting any action to his belief. And so when he finally, you know, came, you know, try to get off that bed because his body was half paralyzed, his legs couldn't move. And uh, so he, would sl- he slung his legs over to the side and, you know, he had all these thoughts coming. You're going to fall down on the ground. You're going to be stuck up here in this bedroom. Your, 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 your mom's not going to know. and You're going to be on the floor. You know, the devil's going to always try to discourage you. Whenever you try to make a move for God, bet your bottom dollar the devil's going to try to discourage you. It's not going to work. You're, you're not, the God's not going to come through. And so he, you know, he threw his legs over and he, as he made it up, the power of God hit him. And he said it was like, it was the anointing, it was like honey that came over his body and his legs, you know, and everything started strengthening and he, and he got up. And he ended up, you know, and this was like over 16 months in bed, I think. And he got up and he went downstairs and he had breakfast. Amen. Why? Because you got to you got to add some action to your faith. You know, you know, the enemy will try to keep us, you know, will try to hit us with a symptom. How come he always wants to hit you on Sunday morning? 
you know, he gives you a headache on Sunday morning. He gives you a back pain on Sunday morning or, or he makes you have, in other words, the enemy attacks you on Saturday night. And you, and you, he's tossed and turned all night long. Right. But because the enemy knows if you can get the word of God in you and then you start acting on the word of God, you, you'll become spiritual giants in the land. And so what we need to do is we need to act on the word of God. And James says uh, in James one twenty two says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourself. So a lot of times we can hear the word, but we have to put it in practice. Here it says in James 1, 2 and 4, it says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. So here, James is saying here, when we encounter some issues, when we encounter some problems, he's, he's telling us to rejoice. So this is how you put the word of God in practice instead of grumbling and complaining about what's going on in your life and not knowing and and asking why God's not doing anything. Hello. And, you know, why don't you start rejoicing? Why don't you start worshiping God? Why? Not for the fact that something's coming against you or your family, but thank God that he's going to bring you through it. He's going to bring you through that tough situation. Start work. That's practicing the word of God. That's acting the opposite of what the enemy wants you to do. When, when somebody curses you out or somebody, you know, says something bad against you or somebody offends you. Well, the Bible doesn't say for us to, you know, uh, come back at them and, and try to, you know, you know, if they slap you on the cheek, you slap them back. No, the Bible says pray for them. You know, pray that their eyes would be open. That's practicing the word of God. You practice by being a doer of the word of God. Amen. And so as we practice that the word of God, then God can work in our situation. God can move in that situation. You know, maybe maybe you did something and you're not too sure if you said something wrong to somebody or maybe, maybe you're going back over. Did I? Did I hurt that person's feelings? You can pray and ask God to, to touch that person. And maybe you, you're feeling that somebody doesn't like you. Pray that God will draw them by his spirit and that you have favor with them. Amen. Start, start praying. You know, you know, if you're going to worry, don't pray. If you're going to pray, don't worry. Amen. That's another way of practicing the word of God. The devil wants us to worry. He's going to he wants us to fret. He wants to think of what's, you know, that things aren't going to change. We, things are constantly changing. And if you start speaking the word of God and start practicing the word of God, I'm telling you, things will change eventually. You believe that today? For your good. Amen. In James 5, 13 through 16, it says, if anyone among you is suffering, let him pray so that you pray if you're suffering. If anyone is cheerful, let him sing psalms. But I'm going to go a little bit further. Even if you're sad, sing some songs. <laughs> Even if you're if you're dealing with some issues, sing some songs. Start, start praising God anyhow. And then you start praising God. The anointing starts working and all of a sudden you're going to start running around the room and praising the Lord because his spirit is going to touch you. You believe that today? It says, it says here, uh, it's, let him 
uh, sing psalms. It's anyone among you sick, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up if he's committed any sins. I love that. So if any of you are sick, call the pastor and I'll come out and I'll pray for you and God will raise you up. Amen. That's being that's being a doer of the word. The devil will always say, the pastor doesn't want to hear from you. <laughs> the pastor's always preaching faith. So you got to stand on your own faith. No, no, no. Here, this is obeying the word of God. Call upon the elders of the church. Amen. And it says here in um, or the third key that that I'm going to talk to you about is. And this is the key that I have not put in uh, practice yet. Um, and it's for today is to put the word of God first place in your life. You know, um, uh, there used to be a, a saying, uh, WWJD, right? What would Jesus do? You guys remember that? I had to think about that. What would Jesus do? And whenever something comes at us or when we're encountering an issue, we have to think about what would Jesus do in that situation? What would he do? Amen. In other words, the first words out when we're under pressure um, may may either change the situation or keep the situation the same or make it worse. And so we have to we have to respond in the right way when we're under pressure. And if you've been meditating on the word of God, when you get under pressure, hopefully the word of God will come out and not emotions. Amen. Amen. And so I love this. It says here in Proverbs 4, 20 and 24, my son, give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and their health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it springs the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. Amen. Why? Uh, why is, is he saying this? Why is the psalmist saying this? He's saying he's saying that we need to give attention to God's word. And keep it before us, keep in the midst of heart. Then he says that we need to guard our hearts. And how do you guard your hearts? You guard your hearts by what, how you think and what you speak. And you guard your hearts by, by guarding what you're looking at. In other words, you just don't look at everything. In other words, you don't, you don't just look at the problem. Don't focus on the problem. Focus on the promise. Focus on the word of God. Don't don't focus. You know, it was the Israelites when when uh, Joshua sent the 12 spies out. Remember that the story and what happened? A uh, 10 spies came back and said it's a good land, but but we're grasshoppers in their sight and we won't be able to overcome the. And there's giants in the land. We won't be able to overcome the giants. And they were focusing on the giants. But Joshua and Caleb focused on the promise that God brought them through, you know, you know, the bond, the, the bondage of Egypt, Egypt, that all those 10 plagues and and God was able to get them out of that. God can get them into the promised land. Amen. And so Joshua and Caleb focused on the bigness of God, but the spies focused on the bigness of the problem. And I'm going to say this a lot of times it's easier, you know, when the problem's there, when we're dealing with issues for us to focus on that. 
but you need to change your focus and focus on what you're believing God is going to do in your life. Amen. Amen. You know, so you have to focus on that, focus on that. And Joshua and Caleb, they weren't moved by the giants in the land. They believed that the people that 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 uh, they were going to, you know, push out of that that country, that God was giving it to them, that that God would give them the ability to do that. And we know that, you know, 40 years later, Joshua brought them into the promised land. We know that Caleb got his his house on top of the mountain. You know, they kept believing. I'm going to say this. Keep believing no matter what it looks like. Keep believing because God is on the move. Amen. I love this in Matthew talking about keys and and, and building your spirit, man, that you have to put the word of God first place. It says this in Matthew 7, 24 through 27. It says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them will be likened, this is Jesus, will be likened to a wise man who builds his house on the rock and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat at that house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand and the rain descends and the flood came and the winds blew and beat in that house and it fell and great was his fall. So what Jesus was saying is he's saying the storm is coming to both groups of people. Amen. One group that's not building his, his life on the word of God, on the rock. Of word. And, and there's another Christian that's building their just their life just on, you know, on worldliness. And you can't build your life on worldliness. You've got to build your life on the on the word of God. And you've got to be a doer of the word of God. And when you do that and when the storm comes, you're going to keep standing. Amen. You're going to stand under the pressures of life when you're a doer of the word of God. Amen. And so that's that's uh, the third key. The fourth key and um, final key is you have to instantly obey the voice of your spirit or your conscience. And, and that's your conscience. So you have to instantly obey the voice of your spirit or your conscience. So so really uh, your conscience uh, or the voice of your spirit is a safe guide if you're born again. I'm going to say it again. Your conscience is a safe guide if you're born again. Amen. Uh, you know, uh, Paul, uh, Paul in Acts 24, 16 says this. Uh, this being so, I myself always strive to have a conscience without offense towards God and man. So we need to strive to make sure that we have a conscience without offense, that we're not offending God and that we're not offending people. Amen. We got to we got to guard that and make sure that that we're not doing things that would be offensive to the father or offensive to other people. Amen. And so when we do that, I'm telling you, God's blessings will be upon us. But when we cross over the line and we start doing things that are wrong, can Christians sin? You better believe it. <laughs> Amen. We, we have the ability to sin. Amen. And, uh, and yes, we can sin at times. But really, when we sin, we should slip. We should fall. 
you know, it's, it's, you know, we stumble into sin, but we don't move forward into sin without, you know, without any regards to what God thinks or what people think. No, no, that's not who we are. We, we may fall, we may slip, but we don't engage in sinful acts. Amen. And why, why do we do that? Because why, why, if we do that, what happens is that our hearts can condemn us. And if we have a condemned heart by practicing things that aren't right in God's eyes, then it's going to be hard for us to receive from God. See, in 1 John 3, 21 and 22, it says, Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, it says, it says here, Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. So we're keeping God's commandments by loving God and loving people, right? And we're keeping his commandments, then our heart is right with us. Amen? In other words, we have a right heart. We, 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 we know that we're doing everything we can to walk in God's love. We know that we're doing everything we can to, to obey his commands and, and that we're doing things that are pleasing in his sight. And when we do that, we have confidence, what is the devil after? He's after your confidence. He's after your confidence in God. See, if, if the enemy, if the devil can get you sinning a little bit, then, um, and, and, and then, then some bad things start happening, you're going to think that you deserve it. And those bad things, and then you're not going to have confidence that God's going to move in your life because you have sown some bad seed. It's called the law of sowing and reaping. But you know what? Even if you sowed some bad seed, you can start sowing some good seed and the good seed can choke out the bad seed. What do I mean by that? You can be speaking a lot of negative things and you're not and you're seeing a lot of negative things, but start changing. And that's that's sowing bad seed. But you can change what you're, you know, the, the, the negative things are growing up because maybe the words that you have said. In other words, the Bible says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love shall eat the fruit thereof. In other words, you're going to eat your words. <laughs> In other words, you're going to eat either the good words that come out of your mouth or the negative words that come out of your mouth. And so we're constantly sowing. And so we may have been saying a lot of negative things, but you can start sowing the word of God and you can start saying positive things and it will choke out the negative seed. Amen. And you can have a positive harvest. Are you hear what I'm saying today? In other words, start changing the way you think and start changing the way you speak and start speaking. Yeah, yeah. My, some things might be happening, but God, you know, you know, many of the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us out of some of them. Yeah, many of the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us out of all of them. Amen. So, so we, need, we need to start speaking like, yes, that we might be afflicted in some areas, but, but God, but God is bigger. God's word is bigger. God's word is bigger. God's power. God is more powerful than the devil. God's word is more powerful than the problem that you're facing. God has greater ability to bring you through than the devil's ability to bring you down. God's bigger. And that big God lives on the inside of you. You got the greater one on the inside of you and greater is he 
that is in you than he that's trying to bring you down. You got the greater one in you. You got God Almighty on the inside of you and nothing can bring you down unless you allow it. Nothing can bring your family down. No, no, your your prayers is a hedge around your family and the devil, the devil cannot break that hedge. And even if he if he has broken the hedge, he's he's drawing your family members back into the kingdom of God. Do you believe that today? I believe that today. And so you got to stand on the word of God and you got to believe. And when you're walking with God, it should bring you great confidence. You see, listen, when when Daniel was, uh, you know, when there was a decree for Daniel not to pray for 30 days to any other God, but the king's God, uh, Daniel went ahead and prayed anyway. He opened his windows and he prayed. Why? He was a righteous man. And he prayed, he, he, he didn't care, well, he didn't regard the king's edict. He, in other words, he regarded God and the greatness of God greater than the greatness of the king. And, and so what happened? He was a righteous man, but, but the law says if you pray to any other God, you're going to be thrown into the lion's den. And so what happened? Even he, 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 he was thrown into the lion's den, and guess what happened? The, the lions became pillows for him, uh, the, 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 uh, Daniel said that the angel closed the mouth of the lions. Why? Because he was walking in, in right standing with God. He, he was sold out to God. He, there was no sin in his life. Are you listening to one? And that created boldness in him. See, see, when you don't have any, when you don't have any known sin in your life, you're going to be a bold as a lion. You're, you're going to stand up when the enemy comes against you. Wait a second. You're you're crossing the wrong line, devil. When you're walking right with God, you're going to have this confidence. You're going to have a boldness that you're going to be able to be like the, the, the Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. When they said bow down to the golden statue, they said, we're not bowing. And they said, even if God doesn't deliver us, we're still not going to bow. And so what happened? They got thrown into the fiery furnace and, and the fourth man was in there and that man looked like the son of God. Jesus was in the fire with him. And it doesn't matter. You start walking with God and you start saying the right things. You, there might be a fire around. You may feel like you're going through a fire, but Jesus is going through the fire with you. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? As you believe, he's with you, he's for you, and he will help you. You believe that today? So we, we need to understand that it's so important that we keep a pure heart before the Lord. Amen? I love it. It says in 1 Timothy 1.5, it says, Now the purpose of the commandment is love from a pure heart, from a good conscience. Notice that? Love from a pure heart, from a good conscience, and from a sincere faith. So we got we got to make sure that we say pure before God. Amen. It's important that we do that as Christians because the enemy wants to steal our faith. You believe that it, it's dangerous not to obey the leading of the uh, of, of your conscience, which your conscience is always in line or your spirit's always in line with God's spirit. Amen. I'm going to say this again. Your spirit that's brand new wants to do what God wants it to do. But it's your flesh that wants to go a different way. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Look at this in 1 Timothy 4, 1 and 2. It says here, now the spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith. Look at that. Some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. 
speaking lies and hypocrisy and having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. What is this saying? He's saying here, he's saying there's going to be some Christians. They're saved. But uh, what happened is they're going to depart from the faith. And how do they do that? They're going to depart from believing that Jesus is the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. They're going to depart from that. Now, I know that's none of us here, but how are they going to depart? They're giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. What is that saying? Well, that's saying they, they start buying to this lie that they can live any way they like. They can live in sin. And that they can live for themselves and they can they can lie a little bit, cheat a little bit, steal a little bit. But God's grace is covering it. Right. But it says that. But but the, that type of doctrine, these are that's doctrines of devils. You can't live like the world and have God, too. Amen. You can't love the world and, and love. Jesus. You can't court the devil and Jesus at the same time. I got Jesus on Sunday morning, but I got the world the six days of the week. You can't do that. It, you know, it, says, it says you start believing that you're OK in your sin, then you then judgment is right there. Or you, or you, and it says that that if you start walking in sin as known sin, walking in it, you know, not shunning it. It says that your conscience can be seared like a hot iron. In other words, your, your conscience, your spirit, man, can get hard to the things of God. Is, are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And we don't want to get hard to the things of God. We want to. Are you? I'm, I'm preaching today. Glory to God. Look, look at Hebrews 3, 12 and 15. This is very powerful. You know, these kind of scriptures keep me close to God. <laughs> In other words, I, this, I want a little hellfire, a little, I want, you should have a little nervousness in your walk anyway. In other words, you should get nervous if you start thinking about walking on the wild side. Like you, it, should, it should be, ooh, I don't want to go there. Amen. I don't want to walk on the wild side. Why? Because you don't want that judgment. You don't, you don't, are you saying, because, because hope is an expectation of Jesus bringing you into heaven. But if you're, if, if you're doing the wrong things, then your expectation is going to be judgment. It's, it's not going to be heaven. And the enemy wants your expectation to be judgment and not heaven. Are you listening? It says here, beware, brethren, lest there be any of you an evil heart. Now he's talking to Christians. Beware, brethren, lest there be any Hebrews 3, 12 and 15. Beware, brethren, lest there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. So 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 Paul is saying, be careful that he says that our hearts, could, an evil heart of unbelief. So when the enemy gets us believing that the circumstances are bigger than God's promises, it's unbelief coming into our equation. And he says here, uh, but exhort one another daily why it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. So he's saying that sin will harden us. Uh, you know, he said that sin will uh, uh, sear our conscience. And it also says sin will harden us for we have become partakers of Christ. If we hold the beginning, listen to this, for we will have become partakers of Christ. If we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. Notice that. In other words, as Christians, we need to be as confident the day we receive Christ. Ooh, man, as the day we're about ready to depart from this earth. We need to be confident Amen. From the beginning, uh, confident, steadfast in the, uh, to the end. In, the other, other way, in other words, we need to stay confident to the very end. Amen. 
As is today, if you will hear his voice and do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, talking about uh, in the Old Testament uh, when the children of Israel rebelled in the, in, the, in the wilderness. And so because of unbelief, they wouldn't move in to the promised land. I'm going to say this. God has a promised land for each one of us. God has a place flowing like milk and honey. There's a promised land. But and, and I'm telling you, we're partially we're in the process. Some of us are in that promised land. But to stay in that promised land, we got to keep believing, Amen. believing that God is for us, that God is with us. Amen. And we can't cast away our confidence Amen. in Hebrews 10, 35 and 36. This is if you read the whole uh, chapter of Hebrews, which is pretty strong. It talks about people um, uh, walking in known sin and not shunning it. And it's talking about that, that the blood of Jesus does not cover people that are walking in known sin. In other words, you've got to repent and renounce those things. And then in Hebrews here, it says, therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward for you have need of endurance or patience. So that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise. What is that saying? He's saying, do not cast away your confidence that God is going to give you eternal life in heaven. Don't cast away your confidence that that it's more to this life than just this life. Don't cast away your confidence that heaven's your home. Don't cast away your confidence. And when you're walking right with God, you're going to have strong confidence. And when you have strong confidence by putting God's word first place and not putting other things first place, you're going to receive the promises that God has for you in this life and the life thereafter. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? I'm telling you, when we're walking right before God and that we're checking ourselves and and we're asking God if there's anything in our lives when when we're in prayer, if there's anything in our lives that's offensive to him, bring it to us. Show us. Reveal it to us. So we don't want to be offensive to God. We don't want to be offensive to others. We don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. No, we want to work with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says we can grieve the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that we can insult the Holy Spirit. And I don't want to grieve him. I don't want to insult him. I want to please the Holy Spirit. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? And when you're walking in a way uh, uh, of trying to please God, when you're trying to please him, guess what? God's going to please you. Guess what? When you're walking in a way of pleasing God, praying for people and, 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 and doing good things and walking in love, I'm telling you, God's going to turn those things around. The devil will try to tell you it ain't worth serving God. Oh, your life isn't that great. Look at the problems you have. And the devil will try to throw these thoughts in your mind. He wants you to give up your faith. But I'm looking at a group of people that's not going to give up their faith. I'm looking at a group of people that's going to keep pressing in until they obtain all the promises that God has for them. Or you are a people that don't give up. See, Jesus did not give up. See, every once in a while I think about quitting. You say, what, pastor? Yeah, the devil will put that on me. Quit. Quit. Do something else. 
You got abilities. You can go into business. You can do that. And the enemy will talk to me at times. And I say, no, Jesus didn't quit on me. And I'm not quitting on Jesus. Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he said, Father, if there is another way we can do this, if there's another way, not going to the cross, but ne- not, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And Jesus prayed again. Father, if there's another way, can we do this? Can we redeem mankind without, I don't want to be separated from from you, Father. I don't want to go on the cross and you turn your back on me because you can't look at sin. I don't want to be separated. Is there a different way? And God said, no, you have to be the sacrifice for the human race so I can bring them in to heaven. And I'm saying this, God loves you so much. It doesn't matter what you're going through. I know you may feel like it's all hell breaking loose against you, but God is with you. He's for you and he's going to bring you through every situation. You believe that today? And you're going to come out without the smell of smoke on your clothes. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? God is bringing you through. He's not through with you. Let Easter still working on the situation. He's still working on your family members. He's still working on your neighbors. He's working. And he's working in the city of Virginia Beach. And I'm telling you, God is waking us up and he's bringing us into victory every day. What is the victory? Is he that believes that Jesus is Lord. The victory is our faith in Jesus. And as we keep believing him, walking in his ways, we're going to be the triumphant children that he's called us to be. Do you believe that today? Did you receive it this morning? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we honor you today. And I thank you, Father God, that you created us to be triumphant in this life. And I thank you, Father God, that you're moving Father, on people's families, on, on their situations, on their financial ish, situations and the health. And I thank you that you're bringing us into that place that you want us to be in, that promised land, Lord. And I just thank you, Father God, that you're drawing every person by your spirit in this church to a greater place in you, Lord. And perhaps you're here in the audience or maybe you're watching uh, this telecast and, and you know that it's time for you to move for God, it's time for you to, to, to put action to your believing. And so this is the day of the, that the Lord has made. And he said, uh, uh, this is the day of salvation, the Bible says. And, and you may not have another chance. So I, wanna, I want you to put faith to your, put action to your faith. And say this after me, if you're ready to move forward in God. And you're ready just to uh, put God in control. Say, dear God, I believe. Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. And Jesus, I receive you today as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.